Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have a special guest, Kelly Cardenas, a Forbes contributor, author, podcaster, founder, and CEO of a national multi-million dollar brand and a cultural efficiency coach. So super excited about this. Good friend of mine recommended Kelly. First time for me meeting him. I'm going to you know, dig into his brain, see what we can come up with. I'm super excited about this episode. Uh, let me know what you think and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the 150K podcast. Today I have with me special guest, Kelly Cardenas. Uh, a good friend of mine, Eric Allen, introduced us. But Kelly, for people that don't know you, tell them a little bit about your background and kind of uh, what you're doing now besides being in a master hairstylist, podcaster extraordinaire. Well, I'm, I'm a kid who grew up in a really small town, about 35,000. But before that, we were in the military. And um, we learned how to be able to deal with uh, people of uh, from all walks of life. And... Um, you know, I was always the optimistic kid, the kid with the rose-colored glasses, but I like to think of it as I just make up my own rules. And when I make up the rules, then I get to win the game no matter what the game is because I make up the game. Um, I started in the professional beauty industry about 29 years ago and uh, have since transitioned into the uh, keynote speaking, podcasting, and writing world. Um, and that's where I am now. But with all of those things that we did, uh, we had salons all over the country, um, got a chance to be able to educate for Paul Mitchell throughout the world. And I asked my daughter probably about four or five years ago, I said, what does daddy do? Because I want to hear all the cool things that she thought that I did. And she humbled me just like every kid does and just looked at me while she was playing Lego. She looked back at me and she said, daddy, you make people happy. And then she went back to work. And I realized at that point that I wasn't a hairdresser, that I wasn't an author, that I wasn't a keynote speaker, that I wasn't an entrepreneur. I was simply a guy that had rose-colored glasses that needed to pass those on to every single person that I came in contact with. I love that. I love that like a ton. I have a seven-year-old daughter right now, and that sounds like something she would say. That, that's beautiful. Yes, that's sir. beautiful. So with making people happy, because I like a lot of people, what would, what would even happy mean to you? Well, define happiness. <laughs> well, I think uh, when, when, I, when she said it to me, um, you know, it was one of those things where I had to really look at it. And, you know, happiness is going to be different for different people, right? Um, but I, I think that she said it because that's the part that she, um, that she understood. Mm -hmm. But now I understand it to be joy. And joy is this. And authentic joy is this. When you fall in love with your current circumstances and let the magic happen in your life. Um, most people think that happiness is going to come because of a house, because of a car, because of income, because I get a bunch of things. And what I've realized over the years from having to have the car, getting the cars and getting the money and getting the things, none of that stuff was, was, was lasting. Yeah. But the joy, the joy, which was just falling in love with my current circumstances and realizing that I was exactly, this came from my dad. You're exactly where you need to be. And if God needed you someplace else, he's big enough to have you there. And my mom, you know, she raised me with three things, which was you're awesome. Don't uh, just, you're awesome. Separate yourself from your accomplishments. Number two, you're beautiful. Don't compare yourself to anyone. Number three, you could do anything, but just because you could do it doesn't make it your purpose. Stay in line with your purpose and work towards that, that will create joy. And the, that joy will create strength in your life. Yeah. And you, you dropped a bunch of really good nuggets there. 
The first one I want to like kind of highlight in on is you talked about being the stuff doesn't really matter. Cause like, I, I'm with you. Like once you get to a certain level, you've gone on the trips, you've done the stuff, you bought the toys. What is there? But that joy or seeing people light up. And I think we'd have the same mindset there. Um, that's kind of, is that kind of what's the driving factor with you and what you're doing now is just seeing people like get the light bulb moments or. Well, I think the driving force is the same as it was when I was a little kid. The only reason why I wanted ever wanted to succeed in business and life or, uh, you know, financially or any of those aspects um, is because I simply wanted to be able to go to the fair and play until I won the animal. And to play until you win the animal, you got to have some finances. Um, yep. You got to have a spouse that supports you in doing these silly things. Um, you got to have kids because if you go to the carnival as a single dude with no wife and no kids, you're that creepy dude, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep, yep. So, and, and I've wrapped, and it sounds so silly, but I've wrapped my whole entire life around that one thing. Because when we were kids, we only got $2 to go to the fair, mm -hmm. two to $3. It was the flower festival in Lompoc, California. And I tried to win and you can't win with $2 because you don't have enough tries. And what I, what I learned and what God has helped me to realize is that if I have enough tries, I'm never going to be great on the first time at anything. And I don't care. I mean, for me, that's how I, I, I'm, I'm built. I'm not going to be great at anything on the first time, but you give me enough tries, everything will work out and I'll go home with the animal. And that's been the driving force for me. But, you know, it, it's also metaphoric. You see where it's metaphoric in that aspect. No, and I, I like that because I like I'm the same way. 15 years ago when I did sales and I started out, I was horrible, had no clue, couldn't sell anything. Like I just I fell into it. But after doing it more and more and getting better and learning and growing and adapting, I've gotten to the part where now sales is like breathing to me, but in a good way, relationships. I always caveat that because a lot of people think sales is icky, but if sales is problem solving and helping people, and it's reframed, it's better. Um, I see in your little side there, your book, Success Leaves Clues, and we're kind of flowing in that direction. So I have a friend that says success is boring. It's doing the same thing over and over to get the right process. Is that kind of the same thought process you have with that, or is, is your success leaves clues a little bit different? Well, the success leaves clues is uh, what I did is I, I dedicated my life to the study of successful people, but I had to make sure that people understood the definition of success. Success has nothing to do with money or things. It has all to do with being in line with your purpose. And when you realize that, then it unlocks exponential opportunities, mm -hmm. right? And so, but what I found is that, you know, as I went through life and I studied all these successful people, whether they're successful in their marriage or their relationship with their kids, or maybe financially, or maybe in business or wherever they were success, wherever they enjoyed success, all of them had seven traits that were glaringly obvious once you became aware of them. And there's not a person out there that's successful at anything, anything that doesn't embody these seven traits. And when they start to slip, the success will go away too. So what are the traits? <laughs> so uh, the first one, the first one is purpose. Uh -huh. uh, purpose and uh, the purpose brings your passion because passion is a, a, a strong and barely controllable emotion. Right. So we go from uh, purpose to passion and then we go into per, uh, perception, which is determined by your perspective, your perspective, the vantage point from which you see something uh, determines the way that you accept it. Mm -hmm. Right. So we've got purpose, uh, passion, uh, perspective or perception. And then we go into uh, principles and it, every person has principles. They practice those principles. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's the sixth one is you practice the principles and then the uh, perseverance um, that you go through and you continue to exist 
And then what I find is that you that all culminates, those first six culminate with your personality. And uh, when you add your personality to anything, you'll be successful, but the first six have to be in line. I led with my personality for so long. Like I could, I could get people to like me. I, I'm yep. going to force you. I'm going to force you, Joseph, to be my friend for the rest of your life. I'm good with that. And, I'm great with that. Okay. And I want you to understand that. And, but what was happening early on in my life is that I was actually, I, I, that part was okay. They could fall in love with my personality, but my aptitude in that scenario or my, the technical skill didn't back up my personality. Mm -hmm. And so what I found is when I put the six in play and then I brought my personality, then it was game over. There was no one that could compete in that realm. And so, uh, you know, it's actually, it's actually an audio book. Um, and I, I orate it. Um, I have fun with it. It's like a conversation with the audience. And it's, Good. I mean, it's going to be one of the most unconventional audio books that you'll ever listen to because it's going to be exactly for the listener. It's not going to be me reading from, we've got a script, but it's going to be having a conversation. No, that's good. I like that. And you, and I think this is something I've run into because like for my show, a lot of people are either sales professionals or first time entrepreneurs. They're trying to break that first hundred K barrier. Kind of like I had an epiphany three years ago, four years ago when I was doing it consistently, where I'm like, this is fun. I can do nice things. I want to help people do it. So a lot of people I run into, they have a purpose or a passion, I should say, but they don't know how to get it into the next step. Like they have this fuzzy dream. How do you yeah. help people take that fuzzy dream and get it into more of a passionate pursuit? <laughs> well, I, I think that we have to have them in line, right? And and I'm not saying that, oh, these are the, you have to stick to these, but I tell you when they get out of line, Purpose is number one. And, and to realize your purpose, it's nothing more. Most people just think it's so complicated. It's a large word. It's scary. And so we stay away from it. And this is what I did as a kid. When someone would say, what is your purpose? I would think like, oh my gosh, I have to be deep. But I want to invite every one of your listeners to number one, have a ton of grace with yourself. Realize that you're built unique. You were built for a purpose. And that purpose is nothing more then identifying your gifts and then go give them away to every single person that you possibly can. And what will happen through that is magic will start to happen around you. When that magic happens, see, most people say, I've got a passion for X. Your passion has to be in line with your purpose. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's going to fizzle out. Yep. But when, when you know, when you know, when you identify your gifts and one of my gifts is to figure out what other people are good at. And you're really good at this. Like your, your podcast, like you're phenomenal at asking questions to be able to draw out the best in people. Thank so you. my skill is to find out what people are really good at. And you know what I, do, I let them do? I let them do exactly that. Mm -hmm. And I figure there's probably two other things that I'm good at, but I haven't figured them out yet. And so that gift, I keep giving away to every single person. And then what starts to happen is opportunity starts to come. And when that opportunity starts to come, I have no lack of energy because the passion that's in line with my purpose keeps me fueled and keeps that fire burning. That no, that's good. That's good. I think people get it mixed up. And I, when you said that, I'm clicking in my head. I'm like, yeah, I'm a simple guy. When someone would ask me that before, I would be like, okay, what is my purpose? And I had to think about this super great thing. But like even my tagline for the podcast is we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. We help. That's all it is. It's simple. And I think we try to make it too confusing. It, it, it's, and you mentioned opportunity. So I, I'm just going on the slow. Is this something that the more you give, the more you get back? Are you, do you in that, that, that vein per se of how you look at the world or? 
Well, I, I think that it's just about planting seeds. This is what my pops taught me from a very early age. He said, son, uh, just plant seeds, plant seeds, plant seeds. You're going to plant, another person will come along and water, and only God will bring the increase. But if you're looking for the increase when you plant the seed, then you're going to be sad a lot. You're going to be highs and lows. You're going to be uh, on the top of the mountain in the, in the valley. But when you choose joy, meaning that you understand your purpose, your purpose is to plant the seed. Your purpose is not to water the seed. Your purpose is not to increase the seed. So I may give you something or your listeners today, something that 10 years from now, that it, it turns into a forest, turns into a tree and it, it springs in their life. Sometimes I'll never see that, but to be okay with the fact that my purpose, my purpose is simply to figure out what other people are good at and allow them to do it and speak life into what it is that they're doing, then I don't have to wait on the increase for my, um, for my scorecard because mm -hmm. my scorecard is already an A because I'm doing exactly what's in line with my, my purpose. Which is why you win. And, and I love that. <laughs> it really is because I've seen people come and you can read, like I read people for a living. That's my job in sales. And you can tell when someone's genuine, ethical and moral, you can tell when they're trying to, you know, pull a fast one on you. And like, I'm trying not to smile this whole podcast because you just keep smiling and it's like contagious, which is good. So we are videoing this. You can check it out on YouTube if you want to see a smile. And I have like a rooster shirt on. But <laughs> the cool thing about that is, and I agree with you, is all we do is control our inputs. All we can do is control what we give. And we just keep giving, we keep giving, and it will come back. And I keep hearing another theme that your faith is something that's very, very important to you. So, I mean, how much is that? Like I've heard you mention two or three times already. How much has that played in your life? Uh, it, it's everything, right? And so uh, for me, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? And so everyone's looking for actionable items, like any actionable like steps that I can do. Well, for me, that actionable item, that thing that's substantial to me is faith right? Mm -hmm. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I can't see all of the amazing things that God's going to bring into my life in the future, but I know they're there. I already know, like he's already let me know that of the things that they're going to happen. He told me a couple of years ago, he was going to put me in a, a small theater. Then he was going to take me to a like venue, like the uh, house of blues, three to 5,000. Then he was going to take me to the Mandalay Bay event center, uh, 10 to 13,000 Madison square garden, which was going to be 17 to 19,000. And then it was going to culminate in a, a soldier field or like venue that was going to be 70 to hundred thousand. And when I asked him, what am I going to say? He said, I'll tell you when you get there. But for me, I've already got to the point where I reverence and respect my past. Mm -hmm. I have already accepted my future. That way I could reside in my present moment right now. That's good. And, and living in the present moment, I think is hard for most people. Like I literally, like I used to be the dreamer guy, like one day I'm going to do this, one day I'm going to do this. And then I finally realized I need containers and I need to be set in motion to do the stuff I need to get done each and every day so I can actually get to that future instead of just dreaming about it. But no, I, I, yeah, I like that, that whole dynamic. Um, so just to, just to kind of bring this to a thing from what I'm hearing right now, having your purpose, following and doing the things you need to do, and then just being open to helping people are the three biggest keys that you, you'd live on a daily life. Well, I mean, I think that uh, I think that those things come natural once you once you identify your purpose, right? And when I told you about it, like your purpose will your passion will lead into your your uh, into your purpose, right? 
and your, your, your purpose will fuel those things because the passion will just happen. Like when, <laughs> with you, with your podcast and, and how amazing and what you're doing with these people, it's not like, oh, I'm too tired to do it. You have energy. Why? Because there's a passion behind it, but that passion's in line with the purpose of what it is that you're doing. And, you know, those kind of things I think are, are the biggest. And I, honestly, like I keep it super, super, super simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a, a hugely self-aware guy, meaning that I'm not walking through and wondering like, how's a person going to perceive me? Because what my mom taught me from a very early age, she said, fall in love with what you see in the mirror. And then if someone has a challenge with it, it's their challenge. But this came into reality. If I could tell this story quickly, mm-hmm. I would got up in the morning and I was going, it was my senior year of high school. I had a short sleeve sweater that I had bought from the thrift store. Cause that's all we could afford at the time. So we didn't have cool clothes. We just had thrift store stuff. It wasn't yep. vintage. It wasn't cool. All the people that are listening. So I got to school as a short sleeve sweater. You should never wear a short sleeve sweater unless you're on the Brady Bunch. I'm walking through the, uh, the, the, the outside is like a patio at, at, uh, in my high school. And it's like the, the, the cool, you know, you walk through and people check you out, whatever. And I go to walk towards my table and this girl yells out, she comes running. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's the ugliest sweater I've ever seen. Why are you wearing a short sleeve sweater? And I remember my mom clicked in my head at that time. Cause she had told me these things over and over again, mm-hmm. but I had not had practical application of it. And I turned to the girl because I knew the words that my mom said in my head, fall in love with what you see in the mirror. And then if it's some, uh, someone has a challenge, it's their challenge. And I turned to her and I said, that's funny. And I said it very loud. That's funny. Because when I put on this sweater this morning, I wasn't thinking about you. And everyone just said, oh, oh, yeah, oh. Yeah, yeah. And from that point forward, people were okay with allowing me to be myself. And I invite every single one of you out there. You don't have to do it the same, okay? You don't have to do it the same. You could do it exactly the way that you want, that's signature to you. And when you do that, then people will fall in love at some point or maybe they won't. <laughs> yeah, but that's the key because you want to have the people around you that are supposed to be around you. I mean, it took me years to get to that because when I was younger, I was like trying to please this person and trying to please that person until I finally got to the point of like, yeah, no, it doesn't matter anymore. Either they're going to like me or they're not going to like me. And if they don't, great, then I'm not wasting time with them, you know? No, that's good. I, I like that a lot. So you're a public speaker, you're an author, you have your podcast. Um, with, do you like more intimate settings or do you like bigger events? What do you, what do you prefer? I love both. Um, you know, I, and I know it sounds cliche that way, but I, I really, really enjoy both. And people are like, what is your, what is your thing? Well, um, for me, my thing is people. Mm-hmm. And they asked me about, oh, so you were a hairdresser for 29 years. Is that what you speak on? And it's like, no, there was, uh, I, I learned this from my mentor very early on because I got mad because I had to do some hair on a, a model. And I said, well, I don't, I didn't want to go out and, ha- and I would have to go out and get them on the street, like ask people to be a model for me. This was when I was a kid, probably 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to my mentor, her name is Stephanie Kachelski. And I said, I did not come here to scour the streets and go get models. I came here to do hair. And she looked at me, she grabbed me, she's about six foot tall. She looked at me, she grabbed me, she pulled me close. And she said, there's not a piece of hair that's not connected to a head, that's not connected to a body, that's not connected to a soul. And until you touch the soul, you can't do anything. And I was like, oh, wow. And I realized that hair was just a conduit for me mm-hmm. to get to people. So when people ask me, like, what's your thing? What's the thing that gets people? If there's one person, 
I'm, I've, I've played just for uh, 29 years to an audience of one in the chair, mm-hmm. but I've also spoken to 5,000. And I tell you both, um, you know, it is amazing, you know, is incredible. Um, I love it. Um, and I want to be thankful and grateful for every single stage or little tiny stage or little step or even just a flat room that I get a chance to be in because honestly, it's where my heart is and what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I love that. People to me are like the thing. Um, I, I'm in the people business, helping people, seeing people's eyes light up, lighting them, you know, get the dreams that they want to get to and all. And yet like, I, you just exude genuine, like it's kind of nice. I talk to a lot of people and I'm, I'm just going to commend you on that because you are authentic and you're genuine, which is rare in a lot of these circles. So I want to commend you for that, Kelly, because I know it's sometimes not easy to take compliments, but it's true. Like, you definitely exude that. And when you talk about it, you light up. And that's when you kind of know someone's really giving you the line or if they're for real, like you literally light up. When you said people, your whole being just lit up. So that, that was cool. So what's next for you? What, like, I know you're doing the, the on stage, you're doing the books, you're doing the podcast. Is that just the, the same avenue you're going to keep going with or what new products do you have coming up? Well, I love, I love doing new things things. Um, I love that. I love to be able to develop. We're developing a, uh, a mastermind right now um, that is called the hideout. And where the hideout is where you can leave all your success behind and come and develop the one thing that most of us lose track of, which is the child inside all of us, mm-hmm. which is that joy. And so for me, that that the development of the hideout is probably one of my, I mean, I've been noticing that most of the time, like just with my men's group this morning, we did a, did a, a men's group on, uh, we do one on Tuesdays from 7.30 to 8.30. And I asked all the guys, be, be very specific and I want you to be selfish today and tell me what you want as a man. And every one of them in my group told me things that would circumvent pain. I want X because it'll stop this pain. I want this because it'll stop this pain. I want this for someone else. And I said, no, no, when you were a kid, what did you want? What did you want that thing? Like, did you want the Nintendo? Did you want the Sega Genesis? Did you want whatever? Because they had such a challenge. And I find that most of us as men, we have a challenge being selfish that way and saying, this is what I want. And this is the reason why I said it though, is because I was saying that when we go through the challenges we do in life as men or as husbands or as fathers, if we are so filled with joy because the little tiny things in our life that we want selfishly, when our kid doesn't get good grades, we can say, that's okay. Cause I got those Kreger true spoke rims that I want <laughs> on my Impala. Right. Yep, I got yep. that. I, I got that silly little, um, you know, helmet that's signed by Earl Campbell in my, uh, in my room. I'm cool. You can, you know, you could take away everything, but I have these little tiny things, but most of us don't prepare for all of our wildest dreams. We prepare for the worst possible thing mm-hmm. in our life. And then we wonder why the joy has left us. I want to bring joy back to people. And that's why the hideout for me is going to be so much fun. You're going to have high level entrepreneurs, high level CEOs, high level people that are doing amazing things. And you know what they're going to have to do? They're going to have to set all their success to the side because it doesn't matter in the end. Mm -hmm. And let's get in touch with that little kid that just brings joy. And what will happen is you'll go back a better man, a better father, and a better husband. Because if if your wife experiences you with joy in your heart, I'm telling you that your 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 marriage will be on fire. And this is the last thing I'll say about it is this is an insurance policy 
for 50%, 50% of your net worth and 30% of your income in perpetuity. And when yep. I say that, most people are like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, if your marriage stays together, you're not going to give up half and you're not going to give up a third of your income. <laughs> and what, true. I, what I want to do is I want to help men to be in a place where they're so joyful that they have the opportunity and space to be able to love their wives and love their children. And that will be the generational impact that we can have. Yeah, I love that. I totally love that. That that, that makes my heart happy. I've been married for 21 years to my uh, youth group sweetheart. Uh, yeah, I told her she ever wanted to get rid of me. She just has to take me out because I'm not doing this over <laughs> again. But that's just my little joke with her. But we're good. We've been married 21 years. Um, but yeah, no, I love that. And the thing that you said here, and I just want to point this out because I've been in rooms with millionaires, with CEOs, with CFOs. I've had you, they're just the same as everyone else. So don't get in your head that it's something different. They've just accomplished a little bit more maybe than you have at this point. But like you said, when they're in that equal playing room, that's going to make it great for them too. And I'm giving you a plug because I know someone listens to this because they won't have the pressure of, well, I'm the CEO, I have to act this way. Or I'm the multimillionaire, I have to act this way. It's just like men doing things together, connecting. That's what we've done for thousands of years. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there is that on your website that they can check that out or? Uh, it, it's going to be on. Uh, very soon. And you're going to, uh, obviously there'll be an application process for it. Um, because we want to, we want to choose people who really, not that they want to be around these people, but they really want to develop themselves. And so we're going to take them through a pretty uh, strong, um, evaluation and make sure that that group, as we go forward, we're going to be doing it in park city, Utah, and we're going to be doing it here in Carlsbad. And I mean, we're getting in touch with, I mean, literally the, you know, I mean, I'm not going to tell all the things that we're going to do, but it's, it's those things that you did when you were nine that just got you excited and happy and, you know, lifted you up that way. So, yeah, well, no. And like, I'm remembering back to when I was a kid and the stuff I would have wanted. Now I'm 45. So the big thing for me was like a Nintendo was what I wanted at that time. Um, now I'm like, I want an Xbox series X, but they're just out. They're not around yet. They're not in stock, but um, I'll get one soon. But yeah, no, I love that. Getting in, I think men need to connect more, honestly. I think connection is such a huge thing in our, like right now in the world in general, there's just not enough connection. So, so I commend you on that as well. What other words of wisdom, thoughts you want to share? With well, our I, for, for your listeners, uh, you know, the 150,000, let me get this straight. You, you want to help people to be able to get to $150,000 in revenue. I want, correct? yeah, I want them to get to step one. So you always okay. hear the gimmick of the, you can, I'll make you a multimillionaire in a year. <laughs> I'll do all this or that. And I'm like, most people statistically don't break a hundred income by themselves. 150, you're in the top 10%, 200,000, you're in the top 5% of income earners. So let's get you here first. So yeah, that's kind of the the theme well, of it's, the show. It, it's incredible because I want to encourage all your listeners that, you know, we did it in the professional beauty industry. And so in our company, we had a, a, a factor to be able to do it as a hairdresser. And most of these hairdressers only went to hair school, uh, didn't go to college. Um, and it was just what we called the theory of eight, right? So you had eight hours in a day. If you have eight hours in a day, you produce a hundred dollars an hour, a uh, hundred dollars an hour is 800 bucks, 800 bucks times five days a week is 4,000, 4,000 cut in half. Cause that's generally going to be about your expenses, uh, is 2000, 2000 times 50 weeks in a year is a hundred grand. And so when you look at it from you guys' standpoint, you know, as far as revenue wise, I mean, literally you just have to look at, if you want to get to the hundred mark, it's just $2,000 a week. That's with two weeks off. 
$2,000 a week times 50 weeks in a year. And then I always like to break it down to the lowest common denominator. And that lowest common denominator, right, is if I work five days, now I only have to produce $400 a day. And $400 a day is only $50 an hour. And so when I start to think on that realm, okay, cool, this is completely attainable because it's a, a, a theory that my dad would always say. He said, boy, and he called me boy all the time. He said, pops would say, boy, he said, how do you eat an elephant? I said, okay, dad. And he's like, just like you eat a chicken, one bite at a time. But most people aren't willing to do the one bite at a time because they lack two things. Number one is grace and not grace for other people because it's the easiest thing that you could ever do is give grace to someone else. It's grace for themselves. And number two is take the word goal out of your vocabulary, take the word milestone out of your vocabulary and replace it with inch stone. If you have tons of grace and celebrate the inch stones, you'll start to have joy in your life. And when that joy comes, what'll happen is people will be attracted and then they'll offer you things as opposed to you having to go out and hustle to get them. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. That's like, if you've read the book, Atomic Cabbage, he worded it differently, but that's the same thing. Like, I love that. <laughs> I love that whole process. That's actually what I teach. Like success is boring, doing the little steps, knowing your numbers, breaking it down into little increments and then celebrating the win. So I love that. Kelly, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I appreciate you. For all of you listening, share this episode with someone that you know that needs it. And until next time, have a awesome day wonderful weekend.